Ahoy mateys! Welcome to Podcasts of the Caribbean, a podcast covering the world of Pirates of the Caribbean, from the movies, to books, to theme parks, to everything in between. My name is Justin Helmer, and I will be your host on this voyage through the Caribbean. Hello and welcome back to Podcast of the Caribbean. This is episode 18. We're almost at 20 episodes. Can you believe that? Um, but we're back diving into the theme park world once again on this episode. Um, and we're going to be delving into the different versions of the Pirates of the Caribbean ride around the globe. Um, so, of course, we covered the Disneyland version, which is the original, um, a few episodes ago. If you haven't listened to that one, I highly recommend you do. So you become familiar with the attraction, because in this episode, we're going to be going over um, three other versions of the ride from other Disney parks. Um, We're going to be going over the comparisons and um, the similarities and the differences between them, because some of these rides are very similar, and then some of them are very different. So it'll be very fun getting into these. So we'll be covering the Walt Disney World version of Pirates of the Caribbean, the Tokyo Disneyland version of the ride, and the Disneyland Paris version of the ride. So you may be wondering, wait a minute, there is another Pirates of the Caribbean ride in Shanghai Disneyland. Why aren't you talking about that one? Well, I'm saving that ride for its own episode because if you're a theme park fan, Shanghai Disneyland has a movie version of the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. It's based more so on the movies than it is just the the regular story that was created that inspired the movies. Um, But it also has an entire land um, dedicated to Pirates of the Caribbean. Like, there's characters from the movies and everything. So that whole land and the ride deserves its own episode. So we'll be getting to that in a future episode. But in this episode, we'll be going through these three versions and how they compare to the original ride in Disneyland. So without further ado, we're going to get right into it, and we're going to start with the East Coast version of Pirates of the Caribbean in the United States, and that is the Walt Disney World version of Pirates of the Caribbean. So the Walt Disney World Pirates of the Caribbean um, actually did not exist when the park opened in 1971. If you've ever been to Florida, there's a lot of like pirate history there, because it's you know close to the Caribbean, um, to the Florida Keys and everything. Um, so the Imagineers... They didn't really think that people in Florida wanted to see more pirates because they thought they would be kind of, you know, sick of pirates. So instead of bringing Pirates of the Caribbean to Walt Disney World, they were actually going to bring over a completely new ride um, that ended up becoming a ride that is now at pretty much every Disney park in the world now. Um, And you may recognize that ride as Big Thunder Mountain. But the original ride they were going to replace Pirates with was this boat ride, just like Pirates of the Caribbean, but it was going to be a Western-themed boat ride, similar in the vein of Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, but it was going to be called Western River Expedition. And it was um, the main concept behind this ride was it was very similar to Pirates of the Caribbean. You would be in a boat going through different scenes. You would see a town. You would see bandits robberies, all kinds of like Old West um, stereotypes. 
Um, there was even going to be a song for it, just like Pirates of the Caribbean, and um, it's very similar if you look up concept art from it. It's a very similar attraction when you really think about it. Um, and Mark Davis, who we talked about um, back in the Disneyland Pirates episode, he was the lead concept artist on this ride. So a lot of the concepts, if you look it up online, are all from Mark Davis, because uh, this was his like big project. Um, but once Walt Disney World opened, uh, it didn't open with the Western River Expedition because it was very big, expensive rides. So they were still planning it. Um, but once the park opened, everyone was like, wait, where's Pirates of the Caribbean? I want to go on Pirates of the Caribbean. So since there was so much outcry for a Pirates of the Caribbean in the Walt Disney World Park in Florida, the Imagineers were like, well, goodbye Western River Expedition. We are bringing Pirates of the Caribbean into Walt Disney World. So that's exactly what they did. And two years later, in 1973, Pirates of the Caribbean opened in Adventureland at the Magic Kingdom Park um, and pretty much completely killed all the dreams of the Western River Expedition ever becoming a thing. Um, so Mark Davis got pretty angry with this, and that's a whole other story. Um, but since they had to build the ride so quick, um, you will notice, if you've been on this ride, you will notice it is shorter than the Disneyland version of the ride. They cut out part of the skeleton cave sequence um, because they just didn't have enough time to you know, build a full finished ride because they just wanted to get it open so people would stop complaining there was no Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, so unfortunately, the East Coast was given the inferior Pirates of the Caribbean ride, which is... <laughs> Kind of annoying since I'm on the East Coast, but I've learned to live with it at this point. But one of the coolest parts of the Pirates of the Caribbean ride in Florida is that it has its own little mini land. Um, so I said it was put in Adventureland, which if you have been to a Disney Park, Adventureland is, you know, kind of, well, it's Adventureland. I mean, it has kind of the, the jungle environment, has all kinds of things, dealing with adventure and all, all types. Um, so they put Pirates of the Caribbean here instead of a New Orleans Square environment, just because there was no New Orleans Square at Walt Disney World. Since they put it in Adventureland, they had this idea to make a little Caribbean plaza, as it's called. And so in this Caribbean plaza, um, you of course have the Pirates of the Caribbean attraction there, um, and you also have a quick service dining location uh, right next to it called Tortuga Tavern. Um, and this is a pretty cool little place because it has a few movie references they added in later on um, you know, to tie into the movies, specifically more so with On Stranger Tides. So let's go over those connections real quick before we get into the actual attraction. So I should also mention that Tortuga Tavern wasn't the original name for this restaurant. It was actually originally called um, the Pirate and the Parakeet, um, but then in 2011, um, they rethemed it to Tortuga Tavern to tie in with On Stranger Tides releasing a little later that year. Um, so if you go into this restaurant, you'll see a logbook where you know captains are signing up people for their crew, and you will notice that there are two pages of this book one page has the crew of the Black Pearl, 
and the other page has the crew of the Queen Anne's Revenge. Now the cool thing on the Black Pearl page is that you can see uh, Hector Barbosa's name, but it is crossed out, um, and Jack Sparrow wrote his own name next to Barbosa's, so I do like that. And then those are the On Stranger Tides connections, and there's actually, for my, Jack's young, for my young Jack Sparrow book fans, there is actually a young Jack Sparrow book reference in this restaurant that I'm, I bet you'll love. Um, so in this restaurant, there is a fireplace, um, and on top of that fireplace, there is a portrait of Arabella Smith. Now, if you have read the young Jack Sparrow books, you know who I'm talking about. And this is one of the major characters, one of the main characters, I should say, in the young Jack Sparrow book series, which highly recommend you should read. I've not read them all yet. I have them all. I've read the first few. They're very, very good. Um, but right next to the portrait of Arabella, there is actually a picture of Arabella's mom, Laura Smith, uh, who is also a character you can see in the Young Jack Sparrow book series. Um, but I find that super cool. It's I think it's the oh, probably the only reference you'll ever get to the Young Jack Sparrow books in like a theme park or just anywhere. Um, but very cool that that is in here. You, you gotta love it. It's fantastic. Um, so because of those portraits being in this, uh, this tavern restaurant, people have tried to make a kind of a timeline for when this would really take place. So on the Pirates of the Caribbean wiki, they have a kind of a little backstory here that I'm going to read. So after the Jack Sparrow book series, Arabella returned to Tortuga to take over as owner and operator of the recently renamed Tortuga Tavern. Her portrait would appear on the sign with flowing auburn hair designed to lure men in for a drink in the year of establishment, 1673, it's a possible nod to the opening of Pirates of the Caribbean at Walt Disney World in 1973. From inside the dining room, you may notice that this wagon, filled with provisions, also has tossed in it an old sign for a place called the Faithful Bride. This was the original name of Tortuga Tavern back when Arabella's father ran the place. There is a private residence that can be seen above the tavern where the hat and coat supposedly belonging to Arabella hangs on the hook outside the door. So that is directly from the Pirates of the Caribbean wiki. Um, kind of a deduced story. It's not an official story, not an official backstory, but from the context clues that you can get from this restaurant, that is sort of what this is. So technically, this could be the Faithful Bride rethemed by Arabella later on in her life. So that would be a really cool thing if that is indeed true. But of course, all that is up for speculation. But very cool it's oh i just you know you never would think that um you would actually get a young jack sparrow book reference in something like this but yeah it is pretty cool there's actually another um sign in here i'll go over real quick um it is kind of like this old timey sign but it says gentlemen you are welcome to sit down at your table pay what you call for and drink what you please and at the bottom it says a smith proprietor of course, referring to Arabella Smith. Um, but yeah, very, very cool. Um, the connection to Arabella is great. Um, and overall, it is a pretty cool little um, restaurant. If you're in Walt Disney World, make sure you go in there, check all the references out. Very cool. Now that we've covered 
Tortuga Tavern, we're going to go back into the actual ride. So you may notice that the ride building that the ride is housed in is not kind of the New Orleans manner that it is in Disneyland. Um, in this version, it is an actual Spanish fort. Um, this fort is called El Castillo, uh, which of course is Spanish for the castle. In the queue, the line that you go through to get on the attraction, you are going through the depths of this um, Castillo, and you go see jail cells, you see um, fort barricades, and all kinds of different things that the Spanish would have in this fort. And once you finally make it to the area where you get onto your boat, um, this is the stand-in for what was Blue Bayou in the Disneyland ride, and this is the Pirate Bay. Um, it's a very kind of rocky cave. Um, if you look out in the distance, I love this little detail. If you look out in the distance, there's a small model of a pirate ship meant to look like it's really far away, um, and it's lit really well. It, just, it actually seems like it's very far away. I love that effect every time I go. It's great. Um, but you go into Pirate Bay, you board your boat, and this is where you begin your ride on the Pirates of the Caribbean. So everything is pretty much the same besides a few of the skeleton scenes are missing. Um, so the captain's quarters scene from Disneyland where the, the skeleton captain in the bed, that is not here at Disney World. Um, the treasure room with the skeleton sitting on the treasure um, is also not here as well. Um, that new effect I was talking about with the half human, half skeleton, that was not at Disney World either. Um, so you really only miss out on just those few scenes um, at the beginning there, but everything else afterward is pretty much the same. Um, it's just that we kind of lose a bit of the skeleton Dead Man's Grotto, which I am annoyed by because I really love the scenes at Disneyland, um, and I am very annoyed every time I go on the Disney World version and I don't see them. It's just very annoying. but. Everything after that is pretty much the same until you get to the end of the ride. Um, and I did talk about how they rethemed this, I'm pretty sure, in the Disneyland episode. But in, in the original version of the Disneyland ride, um, you would have the arsenal scene with the pirates shooting each other over the dynamite. And then right after that, you would have the small treasure room scene with Jack Sparrow after the 2006 refurb. Um, but that was actually taken from the Disney World version because when they were making the Disney World version, they wanted a different finale. So they actually made this treasure room with a bunch of treasure all around being scattered by the pirates. And in this treasure room, there would be um, the guards are bound and gagged um, tied to these chairs um, from the pirates as well. So that was the original finale for the Walt Disney World ride. And that's how the treasure room idea spawned for the actual finale that was added into Disneyland with the Jack Sparrow refurb. Um, and of course, that also happened to Walt Disney World as well. So if you go to Walt Disney World, you will not see a guard bound and gagged. You will see Jack Sparrow um, delighting in his newfound wealth. But that's pretty much it for the Walt Disney World attraction. It is very similar, just it's just missing a few scenes at the beginning. Um, but there was a cool proposed effect um, that actually kind of works and they kind of brought back to what I was just talking about that ha they have at Disneyland. 
Um, so in the line for this version of the ride at Walt Disney World, um, there was actually going to be a kind of a pirate who was kind of marooned on this little spit of land in the distance, and the light would change him from a human to a skeleton. Um, so from one angle, he would be a human, and from one angle, he would be a skeleton. So they kind of brought this idea back for the new th- for the new effect they put into the Disneyland version that I talked about on that episode, where from one angle you see the skeleton and then you cross the threshold and he becomes a human. So they kind of brought that back there. Um, and I wonder if this was somewhat of an inspiration for the pirates in Curse of the Black Pearl, changing to and from skeletons, but probably not. But that is everything that is different about the Walt Disney World version. Um, so we're going to go across the ocean and we're going to go all the way over to Tokyo Disneyland um, in Japan. Now, Tokyo Disneyland has a lot of cool stuff um, if you're a theme park fan. They probably have what I consider to be the best Disney park in the world, which is Tokyo Disney Sea. Um, there's so many good things about that park. But Tokyo Disneyland's Pirates of the Caribbean is underwhelming in the fact that it is a copy and paste of Disneyland's. Um, even the exterior is exactly the same as Disneyland's. It is completely New Orleans Square-esque. Um, so it really isn't different at all. Um, but as you know, in Pirates of the Caribbean, you know, you hear the words, dead men tell no tales, so often. Um, but in Japanese, dead men tell no tales, um, it actually translates to, there is no mouth on a dead person. So what the Imagineers did instead is they got rid of dead men tell no tales and they put in a new, um, kind of mantra, I guess. And that is, if you're not careful, you will not pass this way again. So it doesn't have the same effect as dead men tell no tales, but... It does the job in Japan. Um, but that pretty much covers the Tokyo Disneyland version of the ride. As I said, it's pretty much completely the same as Disneyland's version. Um, so we're going to go right over, jump over to another country, and we're going to go over to um, Paris, France, to go visit Disneyland Paris. Um, and this Pirates of the Caribbean version, it actually has a lot of differences because they pretty much completely inverted the entire ride. Um, you'll understand what I mean in just a second. So in Paris, um, like in Walt Disney World as well, the Pirates of the Caribbean Paris version is also in Adventureland, just like the Walt Disney World version. Um, but the exterior for this is really cool um, because it kind of has this giant fort behind it. Um, there's also a little kind of section of town next to it as well, which, before we get into the attraction, um, there is also another restaurant here that ties into the movies. And so in this restaurant nearby, um, it is pretty much just like the Blue Bayou in Disneyland and the fact that you go in and you're eating inside of the show building for the ride, so you will see people passing by in the boats while you're eating just like the Blue Bayou in Disneyland. Um, but the original name for this restaurant was the Blue Lagoon. 
And it wasn't until 2017 where they changed the name to Captain Jacks to tie into the actual movies. Um, and there's a little bit of story behind this. Um, there isn't too much just because a lot of it is obscured in French, so people just don't translate it and put it on the Pirates of the Caribbean wiki. But the news story they kind of crafted for this was that the restaurant was originally owned by Angelica Teach from On Stranger Tides. Um, and I think in like a bet or something like that, Jack won the restaurant from her um, and took it over. So now it's called Captain Jack's. Uh, but that's pretty much it for the restaurant. It's pretty much identical to the Blue Bayou restaurant, um, just with the name um, and a little bit of story there to tie in with the movies. So I mentioned earlier that the Pirates of the Caribbean ride in Paris is completely flipped on its head. Um, and the reason they did this was to make it a bit more unique and kind of mix it up a little bit, um, but also to pretty much continue the story of the original attraction. Because if you remember in the original attraction, at the end of the ride, you are seeing the pirates in jail, right? Kind of, kind of like a consequence of their actions, they're in jail now. In this version of the ride, you start pretty much going right into the fort, and right at the beginning, you actually see the pirates in jail. So the actual kind of story of this version is that the pirates are coming to rescue the pirates who have been imprisoned. Um, so that's pretty much the general story of the Paris version. So you will pass by the Blue Bayou area, which is not a bayou, it's actually kind of like a a Caribbean looking area with palm trees and sands and all kinds of stuff. Um, of course, you will also see Captain Jacks in there, um, but you will go right into the fort, you will see the pirates, and then there'll be a big explosion because there's a cannonball that just came in from the pirate ship outside. So it kind of switches everything up just slightly enough to make it feel like it's a brand new ride. Um, and I do like that, it makes it more unique, it's not a copy paste. Um, that's why we're spending more time on this one. But I like this because it makes this ride way more unique than the other ones. Um, so it's not just a copy and paste. And I love that. And since we're starting with the pirates in this one, um, the skeleton caves are still in this ride. They are just at the very end. So kind of the version of this ride is the pirates come to save the imprisoned pirates. And at the very end, you're seeing what happened to these pirates after they got away with their treasure. They all died. Um, you know, very dark and gruesome, honestly. But yeah, kind of the reality, though. But I do like this switch. It makes it feel more unique. Um, and it's just overall just... It's a cool change. So let's get right into it. We're going to go through the different... Uh, changes and variations in this ride. So if you notice before you walk into the ride, there's a big giant fortress behind you. And this is the big fortress that you will be going into to help free the imprisoned pirates. Um, so you go through this area and you come into the loading area where you get on your boat and you go into the kind of um, the blue bayou area that is not a bayou. It's a more Caribbean inspired area. Um, because we're fully in the Caribbean, there's no Louisiana Bayou in this version. Um, so, of course, you'll see what is now Captain Jack's, the restaurant. So you can see the people eating there, the people in the restaurant can see you in the boat. Um, 
So I like how they kept that. Very cool. But we come out into this beautiful, like, tropical landscape. Captain Jack's is on the left. Um, and it's so, it's, it's actually such a great environment. There's palm trees everywhere. It's, it's fantastic. Um, but we come up to a old, um, shipwrecked ship right in front of you. And you actually sail right through it. Um, it's very cool. Love the set piece. It's, it's really, the mast is down and everything. It's very well crafted. Um, and as you go through, um, on the left side, you will see this little gag of a crab and an octopus, like, fighting each other <laughs> over, like, a chest of treasure. So I think it's a very fun little gag. It's great. But once you go through that sunken ship, you see a Jolly Roger flag on the left side, um, and we go through this little archway, and we make our way into the underbelly of the fortress. So we go up this lift that takes us up uh, kind of this um, this ramp that would be used by the people in the fort to transport goods and supplies and everything. And actually, when you're going up this ramp, you will actually see Davy Jones. Um, this is something I forgot to mention in the in the Pirates of the Caribbean ride at Walt Disney World is that there is a kind of a smoke screen fog um, effect um, when you're going through the Dead Man's Grotto or the cavern sequence um, where you know, Davy Jones will pop up or some, they also did Blackbeard as well after Australia Ties came out. Um, but usually it's more so Davy Jones now. Um, but it's pretty cool. It's voiced by Bill Nye also. So it's great. Uh, of course, well, the Paris version isn't voiced by Bill Nye because it's in French, but still, it's cool to see that. But it kind of comes out of nowhere in the Paris version. So once you go up that lift, you're kind of overseeing everything, and in the distance, you can actually see a pirate ship. Um, and you can see it's actually sh firing cannons, and you will see that you can already tell the fortress is under attack. There's burning timbers and everything. Um, and we go through the already flooding fortress. Um, this is really cool because they used the water to make it look like everything is kind of flooding. Um, so everything's destroyed, broken. Um, the fortress is flooding. Um, but you make it through into the dungeons and then you see the famous scene of the pirates in jail trying to get the dog to give them the keys. Um, so they have that at the very beginning here, um, and after you see that show scene, um, a cannonball slams into the the fort, and you go down a large um, drop, you get on the big drop, and you come face to face with a pirate ship. And of course, this pirate ship doesn't have Barbosa as the captain, um, but Barbosa will be seen later in this ride. Um, so we go cruising through... Um, back into the town that we already know. So we're going back into Puerto Dorado here. Um, or maybe not Puerto Dorado since it's a different fort. So it would be a different area. But everything looks the same. Doesn't matter. But we still have the you know the well scene with the mayor being dunked in the well. Uh, we have the auction scene. Um, which of course this one was also changed to be the new version. Um, and there's actually an interesting change for... The Paris version, if you look at the 
US versions of the ride, and you look at the Paris version of the ride, the Paris auction scene, the new version, has different outfits for the characters than the United States ones do. So in this version, Red is still a pirate. She's not a wench anymore, um, but she's wearing a completely different outfit than the one that she wears in the US parks, um, which I don't know why they did that. This was actually the first one to open after the refurbishment. So this was the first time we got to see the redhead and the new auction scene. This was the first one to open the United States ones um, took a little longer to actually do the change. But it's interesting because Red is wearing this completely different outfit. Um, I wonder if it's something to do with just pair Parisian culture or anything like that. Um, Tiny is also wearing a different dress, kind of a red velvet dress, um, which is interesting as well. Um, but not sure what the change is there for. Um, it's very strange, but... I do like the I do like the different outfits there. Um, we go back into the chase sequence where the uh, ladies are chasing the pirates. We have the poop pirate slash the buccaneer slash whatever you want to call him with the map, um, and he has the key. And Jack Sparrow is right in the barrel next to him, so that's pretty much the same. Uh, but then we have this cool little effect that is only seen in this version of the ride at Paris, um, and this is the duel. So when they were making this version of the ride, they wanted to have some kind of cool moment that you couldn't see in any other any other pirates ride. Um, and they decided on something like this duel. So we have two animatronics that are actually fighting, and the swords are actually clashing. Um, when this effect works, it is so so cool because they're actually fighting, which is really really cool. But as I said. It's cool when it works, and a lot of the time, this dual effect just does not work, because the animatronics are either down or under maintenance, or it's just not working, because it's very annoying and tedious, because since they're actually touching blades and fighting each other, um, a lot of the times, it's just not up and running, just because of how advanced it is to run those animatronics. So a lot of the times, they are pretty much never working, um, which is unfortunate, but when you do see it working, it is really, really cool. But after that, we go um, back into the arsenal scene, um, which is also combined with the burning town scene. So you will see the trio pirate band on the left side singing Yo-Ho, um, and then on the right side, you will see the right portion of the arsenal scene from the Disneyland version of the ride where the pirates are shooting each other on the explosive barrels. Um, so it's interesting how they combined that with this scene. It's, it kind of comes out of nowhere. Um, but after we go past that, we have the, the burning town scene, which is exactly the same as the Disneyland and Disney World versions. Um, and we go um, right under the um, bridge here, and instead of going into the jail like we would go in in the United States versions, we go into the arsenal scene. Um, but this arsenal scene, there's no pirates here, it's just a bunch of explosive barrels. 
um, there's another drop here so you will drop down and there's a big explosion effect that happens right over you so this whole area blows up um, and you're put into pitch black darkness and you come out into the dead man's grotto portion of the ride this is what I mean by the ride being flipped on its head um, the beginning of the ride is now the end of the ride so we come out into the dead man's grotto and there's a really cool kind of skeleton face carved into the rock right in front of you which is very very cool um, and then we get to a really awesome addition they added very recently um, they added, added this actually the same time they redid the auction scene so what we have here um, is the helmsman scene with the skeleton on the wheel of the ship in the hurricane which is my favorite part of the dead man's grotto scene but that was always there on the left side they added a new figure um, in that refurbishment and this is none other than Captain Hector Barbosa which is really really cool um, because it's not just Barbosa standing there Barbosa is a very very animated animatronic and by animated I mean he's moving a lot he swings his sword he laughs the iconic Barbosa laugh it's fantastic and that's not even the best part because in the background with the hurricane going on when the lightning flashes Barbosa will actually turn into a skeleton so it's very cool um, when the lightning flashes he kind of lights up and you can see the skeleton ribs on his skin um, and his whole kind of face is more skeleton-y. It's a very cool effect. Um, and also this Barbosa figure is so well done. Um, looks exactly like Jeffrey Rush. Um, and I, it's, it's so good. I love the change from human to skeleton. It's so, so cool. Um, but after that scene, we go further into the Dead Man's Grotto. Um, and this kind of is a very different looking version of the Dead Man's Grotto. So on the left side, you'll see familiar show scenes. You know, you'll see the captain's quarters scene. So the skeleton in the bed, you'll see that on the left side here. Um, and then you will actually see on the right side, a gigantic new version of the treasure room scene. Um, and this has Jack Sparrow in it after he was added in. Um, and he is sitting on this giant mound of treasure. And there is a parrot right next to him as well. Um, and of course, he's singing Yo-Ho, Yo-Ho, Pirate's Life for Me. Uh, but a very big, elaborate version of the treasure room scene, um, which is very, very cool. And as we continue to go through, we have the crew quarters scene with the skeletons who are drinking themselves to death. Um, which you can actually see that scene from the queue of this ride, which is also really cool. Um, but after that, we continue further into the caverns until we finally make it back to the loading area and you disembark your boat. And that is um, the Paris version of Pirates of the Caribbean. So overall, a very cool different version of the ride. Only a few differences if you really think about it, but having the beginning become the ending is what makes it such a cool version of that ride. So that does it for these three versions of the Pirates of the Caribbean ride at Walt Disney World, um, Tokyo Disneyland, and Disneyland Paris. We also talked about the 
different restaurants in Disney World and Paris as well. Captain Jack's and Tortuga Tavern with some great um, tie-ins and everything. I love the Arabella um, reference in Tortuga Tavern. You would have never really expected that um, because Disney, for some reason, never wants to acknowledge any, like, third-party media. So it, it's 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 great. It is great to see that. Um, but that does it for all these versions. So we've now covered um, Pirates of the Caribbean at Disneyland, at Disney World, Tokyo Disneyland, and Disneyland Paris. There is only one version of Pirates of the Caribbean that we have not covered, and it's what I mentioned earlier. It is the Shanghai Disneyland version of the ride. And this version of the ride is completely different than all the others. It is not just switched up in different places. No, it's a completely new ride, pretty much. Um, completely based on the movies instead of just the kind of original pirate characters that were developed in the 60s. So, of course, this deals with Jack Sparrow. There's Davy Jones is in it. Mackis is in it. Um, it is a very cool attraction. Um, it is called Battle for the Sunken Treasure. I recommend you go watch like a video of it on YouTube. It is such a good ride. Um, and then the land around it, Treasure Cove, completely Pirates of the Caribbean themed. Like there is a restaurant called Barbosa's Bounty. It's fantastic. We're gonna be covering the entire land and the ride on a later episode. So get ready for that one. That's be it's gonna be a very very fun episode to do. Um, but I hope you enjoyed this episode. Another another short one. Um, but nonetheless, a very enjoyable episode, I hope, for all of you. So I want to thank you for listening to the podcast, enjoying the podcast, um, and just loving Pirates of the Caribbean. It is great just to talk about Pirates of the Caribbean with people. Well, not with people, but, you know, just talk about Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, it's fantastic, especially with these characters I mean, the original, original characters being 50 plus years old, but, you know, the characters we know and love, like Jack, Will, and Elizabeth and everything, almost 20 years old in real world time, it's great. So, thank you so much for listening. Um, if you have enjoyed the podcast, please consider um, leaving a rating or even more so a review if you were really inclined to. Um, that helps the podcast get boosted up into searches and lets more people find the podcast but either way thank you for listening i hope you've enjoyed and i'll see you next time on podcasts of the caribbean podcast of the caribbean is in no way affiliated with disney if you want to send me an email or a question send it over to podcast of the caribbean at gmail.com you can also follow this podcast on Twitter at PodcastPOTC and over on Instagram at Podcast of the Caribbean. Be sure to keep a weather eye on the horizon and always remember, dead men tell no tales.